very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to everyone listening, I want to wish you a very healthy and happy new year. And to begin the year right, become a Veritas member. Remember the saying, knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Just go to VeritasRadio.com, subscribe, and enjoy everything we have to offer all the way back to December 2008. And I hope this year is your best yet. And to begin the year, once again, we bring our special guest Jeff Harmon to decode the future with astrology. 2015 edition. Jeff Harmon is a second-generation astrologer and spiritual consultant with nearly 40 years experience. He also has a career in the entertainment industry and has worked with such diverse people as George Carlin and Mother Teresa of Calcutta. He spent many years in Beverly Hills and has clients in all areas of the entertainment industry. People from around the world consult with him for personal and business needs, utilizing classical Vedic Kabbalistic and astrolocation astrology, Jeff has an arsenal of techniques to assist clients with planning, decision making, and spiritual growth. His media appearances include national and international radio shows. Jeff owns Conjunction Entertainment, a new motion picture company. His entertainment career includes technological expertise and forensics work with various government agencies. He holds U.S. and international patents in technology. And to learn more about Jeff Harmon or schedule a consultation or reading, visit his website at jeffharmon.com, which is also linked at ours. And directly from Tucson, Arizona, a few blocks away from where I am, I would like to welcome Jeff Harmon back to Veritas. Hello, Jeff. Happy New Year and welcome back. Well, thanks for having me, Mel. It's always good to be on this show. It's always a pleasure. And it just so happens again that today's broadcast coincides with the first day of 2015. So what a great way to begin the year by looking at your astrological charts to give us an, an indication of what's coming. What's on your, on your spotlight right now? What's important? And then we'll take it step by step. Yeah, well, I, I would say the first thing you and I were talking just before the show is what's going on in the world right now in terms of the entire geopolitical situation is really being mirrored by the astrology. As I had mentioned before, we have this cycle. It's a Uranus-Pluto cycle going on, which is really a smaller 
portion of the major cycle that I think is leading up to 2020 and beyond. And what we're seeing right now, it's it's interesting that the fourth hit, or actually technically it's it's really the sixth hit, because if you if you include the solar system that called heliocentric aspects, most astrologers use geocentric, which is the Earth-based astrology. But we just on the 15th of December had the second to final hit of, of when I say hit, I mean aspect in the geometry of the astrology perfect on that day. And what happens? Putin's ruble crashes. And I kind of laughed because I was like, oh my God, this is just right on. And I, I snickered and said to Camille, I said, yep. I said, the owners just yanked the leash and made Putin roll across the floor because that's what they did. Um, the oil prices were certainly the vehicle at which to use it. But Putin is standing in a lot of ways right directly in the path of the future, I believe, financial system that is we're moving towards. And China seems to be more in the fold um, I, I oftentimes have clients who are in pretty strategic places in either military banking or some kind of government situation, or they're, they're in the legal profession, and, and I hear things, and then I put them together with what the astrology says, and I was just amazed that on the 15th of December is exactly when the ruble was thrown into a complete chaos, and I think they're going to bend Putin to his knees and Ukraine seems to be the jewel of Europe. If if we, as I should say, the Western powers, and, and it's not even just the United States, it's the Western powers, uh, George Carlin might have had it right when he said, you have owners. Um, they're not the U.S. I think they use the corporation of the U.S., but it's not just the U.S. They, they use it as the vehicle. And the entire Western transatlantic banking system, I think, is is right now in jeopardy, and they're going to try and save that. And Putin, or I should say Russia, is trying with the BRICS nations and China to put together a an alternative to the petrodollar. And and it's interesting because this is right at the forefront of what the astrology shows, and that's what you you have found too, right, Mel? Absolutely. And, you know, when I saw the price of uh, oil go down, and as you know, if the price of uh, the barrel of oil goes below 80, 80 is about the break-even point, I believe, for many nations. And if it goes below that, that's when a country starts getting worried and it affects the economy. Now it's going around 50-some, maybe going below 50 and that's very detrimental. I mean, as you can see, this is happening in Russia. I think, in my opinion, this is definitely orchestrated. Orchestrated by OPEC, orchestrated by Saudi Arabia, the United States, and as you say, let's call it the board of directors of the Corporation of the United States of America, that they're trying to essentially uh, 
I don't know if it's regime change in Russia or they're trying to change things over there because Russia poses the biggest economic threat for the petrodollar, which is what keeps the United States alive. Now we, we see something very interesting in the past couple of a few days with the U.S.-Cuba relations, which, by the way, I'm Cuban-American, and a lot of my, my fellow Cuban-Americans are against what Obama's doing. But for the first time, I don't agree with many of Obama's policies, but I agree on this one. But I think this is also do done too. because what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, now we're thumbing the finger at Putin saying, hey, look, look who's back with us, Cuba. So all of this is because we want Russia to, to just remain on the sidelines and do not become a threat to the Rothschild Rockefeller empire. Now, that, and you just said two words that are very important. You know, there's a little town in the Ukraine. It's about probably 60 kilometers from the border of Poland that's called Lvov. Um, some people call it Lviv, but that's a very strategic little place. And I don't want to get too much into this on a recording of, uh, you know, where people could hear this, but I can tell you, that's a place you don't want to mess with. Some of the most powerful people in the world, two of which you just mentioned, come from those areas, or they have family roots in those areas. And so do many others, um, particularly in the entertainment business. And it's it's interesting how much powerful people came out of it. Most of the Hollywood moguls were born right there, and within 100 miles of that area. And what's interesting is is this is a strategic point in the entire transatlantic financial system, I do not believe they're going to roll over. Did you know that, um, I'm sure you do know, that uh, Congress just rubber-stamped a gargantuan budget for 215. Yeah. And um, they've... Breaking promises already. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, this is just short of $600 billion. I, I think it's 580 or 70-something billion dollars. I mean, that's an amazing amount of money. And... You know, as Putin rightly said, we spend 10 times, and I've had people who I've talked to who are very knowledgeable in the military who snickered and said, yeah, that's just what's published. You ought to see the black ops. So I don't know where Putin could really go with this. And and that's an interesting topic, too. I've, I've been looking into the future quite a bit. 2015 looks like a really pivotal year in the astrology. There's a number of things coming down the pike here. Um We've heard about the blood moons, and those seem to have a huge impact on Israel and what's happening with kind of the Western representative of religion and also a very powerful, I think, force in the Western world, which is Israel. And no matter what your standpoint on it, they are. They're extremely strategic, powerful point. And it's, interestingly enough, tied into the roots of that Ukraine area. They say Japan is the jewel of Asia, and Ukraine is the jewel of the transatlantic Western financial system. And, and I think Japan's in that, too. But, but what's interesting is that we have... Uh, a chart astrologers use. It's called the Sibley chart, and, and I mentioned that last year, which Ebenezer Sibley was credited for proposing the actual signing time of the Declaration of Independence. And so many astrologers use that, and I, I can't say that I'm 100% sure it's right, but it, it sure does line up a lot. And the type of astrology I'm using 
is broad-based enough where even if it's off slightly, it's still going to give us reliable indicators. And Saturn right now is deep in the United States house, uh, of, of the 12th house, I should say. The 12th house, for a- anyone listening, is technically the house of endings. It's also the house of secret things and change. It's a major chapter marker. It only happens once approximately every 29 years. That's the synodic cycle of Saturn. Synodic meaning how many times it takes to go around. Well, it's very interesting because just about that many years ago, um, it was a little more, but approximately around there, Kissinger, Reagan, uh, and of course at that time, Senior Bush, who was the vice president, were really setting up the House of Saudi. And the petrodollar really got I think, concretized at that point. Of course, just prior to that, Nixon had taken us off the gold standard. And what's fascinating about all this is all this is coming back to roost. And I know Saudi Arabia, many people know, is is much depleted in its oil, but it's still a linchpin on the petrol dollar. And I think Saudi, the House of Saudi, was probably used in orchestrating this oil, as you said. And what's Interesting is the astrology shows between now and 2016 is a series of aspects on the United States. Um, actually, it, it extends into the spring of 2017. We, we have a secondary progressed moon in the United States Sibley chart transiting the 12th house, actually goes into the 12th house this May of 2015. And then we have the... Um, uh, conjunction to the ascendant March of 2017. So it's just a little over two years or, or thereabouts. It's approximately two years. And this whole time, which is the completion of Obama's presidency, is very, very pivotal. And I think where the new system's going, I, my personal opinion is that we're going to see a different world by 2020, or it's the commencement of a whole new era. And what, what I find, the and I mentioned last year on your show, there's also what we call a Pluto-Sun opposition on the United States. So there's some tremendous pressures going on right now on the inside to, and, and, and everyone knows where the finances are. I mean, the, the, it's it's worse than a train wreck the, the, the uh, international financial markets in Europe and the United States. Um, there was a gentleman in the CIA who actually mentioned that there could be a $100 trillion-plus meltdown, global meltdown, if they wanted it. Um, there could be currency collapses, etc. And China is actually not in as good a position as, as sometimes people believe, even though it's doing a lot of business, but it's a precarious position they're in. And I think they've brought China into the fold. And and that Russia is the odd man out here. Well, I think China, people, I mentioned this for years, that they would overtake the United States economy in the future. And it happened before 2020, which was projected it's 2014 they have a 17.6 trillion economy versus us 17.4 yes they have more people than we do but i think their their economic output will shrink 
this year, 2015, the, the factory outputs will be going down, a slump in real estate. Yeah, they're having oh, problems. yeah, loan yeah. defaults that will have international repercussions. You and I mean, again, I'm not a psychic, I'm not an astrologer, but this is just projections based on what I've seen financially this year. Well, you know what, that's, that's good that you just mentioned that, Mel, because one of the things I noticed that's a difference between ancient astrology particularly the court astrologers. As you know, I, I'm a real fan of ancient Vedic astrology and also the Egyptians slash medieval tract. And nowhere in astrology prior to the 1700s did anybody get called their sun sign. In fact, no one was ever referred to as, quote unquote, their astrology. And I think they had it much more accurately. Modern astrology, though it does have a lot of value, tends to look at archetypes and then comes up with a psychological interpretation. Ancient astrology was astronomy scientifically applied. Like, like when I'm looking at this stuff, I'm not supposing. I'm actually looking at mathematical aspects, and, and that brings us to, can we change these energies? You know, the... The, the, I think the archetype of, of astrology is crystal balls and, you know, somebody with a turban <laughs> on and, and yeah. all this. <laughs> you know, and Unlike it, you. It really, uh, well, the, the, the ancient astrologers were really, they, they were astronomers. And that's really what I'd like to call, you know, the ancient astrology is it's, it's astronomy scientifically applied. And it's math. It's math, and it is interpretation. Just like a doctor would look at an MRI and make a deduction, and they hope they're right. Um, the, the, the thing I see right now is, can we change these energies? And, and it's kind of yes and no, because you have not only the laws of inertia, but you also have the laws of cause and effect and free will. Um, take, for instance, I think the old model of standing armies in warfare going at each other is kind of outmoded. Um, they have weather technology. There's all kinds of psychotronic technology, space technology that we're never even going to hear about. Um, and there's a lot of deterrence. I, I'm not so sure where we're going to see ICBMs filling the sky like, like the old model was last century. And, we're seeing the war be fought right now with oil and finances. We're in a war right now with Russia, and, and uh, we're just not lobbing bombs at each other. So the, that's the, my point, is the astrology shows when trigger points or energies are happening. It's kind of like looking at a road map. If you see you've got to make a turn, there's a fork in the road or a right or a left, you can't avoid the fact that you have to deal with that change. It's there. You either slow down, go off the road, or screech around the corner. But somehow or another, you're going to have to contend with that point in the road. And that's what astrology is like. It doesn't predict the future 100% because you have free will in there. For instance, one of the things about military is it's probably a deterrent. Nobody is going to want to die. And if it looks like it's daytime, nobody can, can win, well, they're going to use other alternatives to win, just like we're seeing right now with the money, the finances. The, the, um, and, and then they've got the law of, of karma in there as well. 
there, there's a, an interesting thing this year. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Shemitah. Have you ever heard of that? No. What is it? Yeah, the Shemitah is a very ancient cycle. It's it's the law of seven is where it's founded upon. And this is, no one's quite sure where it comes from. It certainly is parallel to the Bible. The Shemitah is spelled S-H-E-M-I-T-T-A-H. Some people spell it with one T. In fact, a gentleman just wrote a book about it, Jonathan Kahn. Um, he spells it differently. But he doesn't get into the ancient. It's a good book. Is it the, the sabbatical year? No, it, what it is, is it's the cycle of seven. Um, it's a 6,000 year cycle. It's based on the Aramaic or Hebrew calendar. And what ha- the, it's basically a 49,000 year cycle. It's somewhat parallel to the Yugas in Vedic astrology. And this is what we call a Shemitah year. It's the 49th year. And it actually um, begins, or it actually began last spring at the uh, spring equinox, or, or right around that, right at the Passover. And um, it ends this September, right at the fall equinox. So what's, what's interesting about that is that fits real neatly with what I'm seeing in the astrology. There's a lot of trigger points right now going on. We have the Uranus-Pluto square that just happened that triggered Russia, or this whole contention with Russia, we have the next and final one happening March 17th of this coming uh, spring, you know, 2015 here. So the point is, is that also fits within the Shemitah year, which is a time that was always said, God calls in, or if you will, there's a great crises. And what I'm trying to do is straddle not just the United States charts, but look, stepping back and looking at this from a global perspective. I, I really think that the, the, if you want to use George's analogy, the owners who are not of the United States, but I do think they run the Western financial world, and I think they're deeply involved with the Asian worlds as well. We know the BRICS nations and all that's coming together, but, but I think that's going to have to be in concert. And one of the things that I've heard is the IMF is a contender. Now, there's some people who balk at that, but the IMF with its SDR drawing rights may be what actually comes along and bails out the Fed ultimately. It's the same players. They're just changing the names. And the structures are being used at which to do this. Some people say the death of money is here, and they may be right. And I think that's where we're going is in a complete electronic financial system over the next several years, over the next five, technically. Five, five to six years, I think, is, is, is all we've got. Seven well, that's why I said that's um, why I said sabbatical year because just like the Jews have the Hebrews have their Sabbath on the seventh day, this is the seventh right. year. That's right. Well, it parallels the days of the week too, because see, sun is Sunday, the new day. The moon is Monday, Mars is Tuesday, Wednesday is, is Mercury, Jupiter's Thursday, and of course the restaurant name. Thank God it's Friday. Right, right. Venus is yeah. Friday. And Saturday was the day of work, it was the Sabbath, it was all that. And, of course, that's why the Jubilee at the end of Saturday night, it ended. And now we start to go. The old clocks went by sunrise uh, rather than um, midnight, so um, or the old days. But um, long story short, um, this, this Shemitah 
the next big one. They say we're in a 6,000-year cycle of Mars. And if you go back through history, it's been thousands of years of war. So we're in a time in the evolution of human souls, if you will, of war. And the next one comes up 2,240. Now, it's likely you and I and everyone listening will not be around in these bodies to, to experience that one, but that's a time that's supposed to be a really glorious time. And that also fits very closely to the ingress of the solar system into sidereal Aquarius. Many people felt we were already in it. Some people have postulated 2012. Was it? But if the math is right and I believe it probably is pretty close, <clears throat> I think that's when we're really going to see the commencement of a true golden age is about 240 years from now. Because um, we're right now through the... Um, it, it, there's seven, 857-year periods approximately in 6,000 years. So it's all the law of seven. And it's interesting, marriages... Um, even when you move to a place, they tend to go in cycles of seven. The first year is the sun. You're planting seeds. The second year is the moon. Water them well. Mars is the third year. Just like when a child turns two, they call it the terrible twos, but it's really the Mars year. Because once they turn two, they're into the third year. See, And then, then you've got uh, Mercury. And then Jupiter, expansion. Venus is the sixth year of a marriage or of your life. And the seven-year itch comes from Saturn. And then, of course, it starts over again throughout your life. So a 49-year-old person would be, you know, in their seventh cycle. So it's the same thing in the world. And I, and I, I have to say, this is a year that really looks like it's to pivot. Between now and actually 217 is, is really when a lot of action is going to go on. And I think we're going to see a lot of tactical things that happen. Uh, you know, Putin was complaining that the U.S. had benefited from every war. Well, I wouldn't say it's the U.S., but I think these these people at the top of the pyramid know funding trouble has its merits, and um, then you get to go in and remove it. So um, it's, it's that's what's interesting is I don't think it's necessarily the U.S. It's just been the dog they've been riding. Well, if it hadn't been for Putin, we would already have had attacked Iran and even Syria, but now that oil, Russia's uh, Achilles heel is, is, is so powerful against them, it's, it may give us some room for maneuvering, if you will. And I'm, of course, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I've also heard from my sources, and please don't quote me, I don't, I'm not sure if this is 100% accurate, but it does make sense. Companies like Raytheon, a lot of the, 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 uh, the military-industrial complex in times when we're not really that much involved in war, as you know, some people may say right now, yes, we're involved in Afghanistan and Iraq. We were itching to go to war with Russia and, and some others, but they're involved with a lot that people are not aware of, and that's called weather warfare and derivatives. In other words, behind the scenes, instead of you know putting money into equipment, they're investing in all these weather derivatives. Maybe that's why we see chemtrails. Maybe that's why we see all the droughts in California, which now they're flooding, but we see that all around the world. What do you say about that? Well, I, I think I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of toys in, in the war chest 
that that are are there to be used that are not what we're familiar with. It's not conventional warfare, and these are tools to um, bring about a result and uh, or elicit a result they want. And and I can tell you that um, one of the things I do see is in 2020 there's some pretty big earth changes that could come on if if the calculations are right in the next four or five years particularly close to the 2020 area the uk japan and some of those fringe uh, islands could really really see some serious earth changes and that's been predicted too i think casey saw the uk going under um, someone saw Japan, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting. What, what, what I do is we, we take the solstices and equinoxes of the charts. 2020 is such a trigger point. Um, the reason why, I mentioned this before, but the, the ancient astrologers knew that Jupiter and Saturn conjoin, meaning they line up from Earth's perspective every approximately 20 years. But they do this in very specific conditions, like they, they line up in what we call the first Egyptian bound of Aries almost every thousand years. It's, it works out somewhere around 960. It's not exact to a thousand, but it's close. And then every 240 years, it has a sub-cycle called a mutation conjunction. We are right now at the end of it. It happens five years from now, 2020, exactly, not, kind of, not the day before, not the day after, exactly at 5.02.12 seconds, if you want to be exact, Eastern Standard Time, Washington. I always like to use D.C. because it's District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it does represent this country we live in, but that it's that Saturn Jupiter conjunction is precisely hits on it. And what does it bring in? The air triplicities, which equals in plain English explosions in high tech. Now, I don't think anything I mentioned earlier inertia. Nothing happens in a vacuum. We're already seeing that, even though we have the financial contraction that we're going into right now because I think they're making a move in a new direction. But the technologies, I mean, let's face it, they can, with stereolithography, they can type uh, or draw a picture and print a wrench out. Um, they can do this with organs. Who, who would have believed, you know, you could tell Siri that, you know, please find me the nearest uh, Ace Hardware. Right. <laughs> you know, she pops up, it's three miles away, follow this blip. You know, I mean, we're already there. And and um, I think it's going to just keep on going. We're going to see, uh, we already do see video conferencing, but that's going to become mainstay and, and technologies are going to explode. I think we could live to see the day when flying cars are around. They're around now, but they're not economically feasible. So we, we, we are definitely on the brink. And I don't see the world ending. I, I had... Um, a number of clients ask me, do, do, do I see world war? And I use a, a, an astrology called interrogation. Interrogation was the old word for asking a question. You're just interrogating about something. It's not your birth chart. You ask a question. That was one of the most used tools in the ancient world. The king would say, is it in our best interest to pursue a particular course of action? Should I take so-and-so for my bride? You know, whatever it is, uh, will we win against so-and-so? And and you cast a chart. It's divinational. So it, it, 
acts like it's predicting the future. What it's doing is it's, it's showing energy patterns that are in place based on consciousness and also the, the physical resources that are at play. We, we use it all the time in legal trials. Uh, it's used all the time in relationships. That's probably the tool I use 75% of the time um, when I do readings with people. And what I got is that we're not going to have a world quote-unquote war three um, the way we would think it's going to be. And I do hope that reading's right. Um, in other words, I don't see the world being filled with ICBMs and paratroopers coming over the hill like Red Dawn. Um, I, I think we're in it right now in a different way. It's, it's being fought vicariously with money, terrorism, uh, and, and tactical, surgical war. And I hope nothing flares up over Ukraine, because it certainly could. And we could see some flare-ups, but I don't think the U.S. And, the, and Russia are likely to go into direct military conflict. That would be an exceedingly volatile situation. I also don't see the, I, I also don't see the nuclear weapons being used. I mean, with powers like Russia, China, the United States, I really don't see us fighting that way if we have nuclear weapons. Why? Why do we have to uh, invade? Why do we have to use, you know, soldiers? If with the press of a button, button you can eradicate everybody at the same time. So you have, uh, yeah. you know, so many types of warfare, and I think cyber warfare is, is key right now. I mean, let's take let's take the example. You You're involved with the Hollywood. You saw what happened with the Sony Pictures and North Korea. That could be used against governments in order to to change some of their their policies or laws. Yeah. Oh, you can bet that won't happen twice with Sony. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and, that, and that's, you know, an event like that um, is, is always where, and, and that's the, you bet, psychotronic warfare as well is another one in there. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that's the future. It's, it's going to be, it's, it's a dangerous double-edged sword too, because people could, abuse that. I mean, like you take some of the things that have just happened recently with the police and all the riots in Ferguson and all that. Um, the positive outcome is it does put in more security measures. The negative outcome is that can be used two ways. You know, I mean, it's very easy to manipulate video and uh, extremely easy. And, um, You know, there, there was a, an interesting movie, if you remember Running Man with Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger. Sure. It was quite a while ago, back in the 80s, where he was actually shown to shoot people that he didn't shoot. Remember from the helicopter? Yep. I don't know if you yep. remember that. But that kind of stuff can go on. In fact, we saw a little bit of the fanning, fanning of the flames. The, the officer that had the, the gentleman around the neck, um, they would freeze frame on that. And, and that's what you saw. He actually had his armor on the guy's neck maybe seven or eight seconds, because I watched it several times. But yet the media portrayed that, freeze-framed around his neck, and at his most you know, aggressive point. So you, know, you, you get a little glimpse into here how you can uh, shape public opinion or fan you know, a, an outcome or elicit a, a, a response that, that you want. And, you know, not not to get into that whole political thing, but 
I've never had a problem with a police officer. You know, even if I disagree with them, I respect the law and I shut up and I yes or no, sir, and get through it. You know, and and uh, you know, I've got uh, some relatives who are are police officers, and you know, I got great respect for them. Most of them will save your life if you're smart enough to them, and you're causing trouble, or you just robbed a store. Well, you might find they're going to be a little harsh on you. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and if you start punching them in the head, <clears throat> you know, so. It's an interesting time. You know, Obama's whole presidency has paralleled ever since late 2011. We've had this Uranus-Pluto square that's been, uh, and I'm one of my newsletters, I had had, uh, detailed that, where essentially this is a time of revolutionary change, not just in society, but globally, or not just in this country, I should say. And this is exactly what's been happening, what's been at the forefront. We've been seeing things about racial issues, racial freedoms, equality, whether you agree with the gay, lesbian things or not. Um, it, it's been on the plate, and everything's been on the plate about that. And, you know, America was founded in a very, I think, moral way, or you could say it was it was founded on a... a uh, principles of nobility and morality. And that's kind of almost opposite what's happening right now. And that's the effect of Uranus and Pluto. It it brings in, it's like throwing a grenade in the middle of the room and everything, all, all organizations off when it happens. That's kind of what's been happening. I'm looking at China here for a moment because, as I said before, their economy may may slow next year. But I received some information that's really interesting in that they're putting a lot of their their financial prowess into our gun control uh, or, or gun grabbing efforts in the United States. And if you start thinking about this, Jeff, a lot of our national parks... Where China is? Yes, China is. Uh. A lot of our national parks are collateralized to China. In the event of our default, yes, you bet. I, I heard they owe like twenty five percent plus of the treasury, right? Yes, now, or they're involved at that. Oh, and that's what they show. I bet you a lot of they're of right. uh, affiliates and subsidiaries of of companies that don't even show their name own a lot of our our debt as well. But um, you know, just imagine if we were to default, the collateral alone would not be sufficient. And you have all these free trade, the, the 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 international free trade zones that they they want to bring here because what's expensive is the shipping between China and the United States. But if they're able to build their products right here, right in our backyard, in 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 a sovereign f- federal trade zones, that would be great for them. But this thing that this new variable that I'm adding to the equation, the 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 uh, the fact that behind the scenes with the UN, with their financial prowess, are trying to push gun control in the United States. Just imagine, what would be the benefit if we were to be disarmed? A takeover, oh, a yeah. takeover of the United States if we default. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. I, I, I really think they're up. All indicators point to the same old families in power uh, and money are going to operate a much bigger system that's going to be inclusive of the U.S. and the rest of the world. Uh, China is building the Silk Road right now. Um, and, and, of course, they, they want to establish that with Europe. And they're, China's making some big deals right now with uh, Argentina, um, 
Brazil. Africa. Uh, they're setting up wand swaps. Yeah, Qatar, you bet. All over the place. So it, it's interesting because we don't really know because of the diverse complexity of, of what's going on behind the scenes, where it's all at. The Fed is just what we hear about. Um, I, I really think there's a possibility, and one, one source, again, very high level, was talking about quite possibly the I, IMF may end up being the linchpin in all of this, where they're behind the scenes causing this to happen. Um, and it'll be more run through that. And again, that's centered where? Headquarters in Washington, D.C. That's right. So it, it's the same owners running the same game. And um, this contraction, I hope, will start to be over with by 217. That's what it shows. The financial contraction may start to turn around. And people say, you know, there's some people predicting this huge, colossal financial collapse. and There's going to be riots in the street. And yet, right now they're talking about, uh, I don't know if this figure is accurate, but I heard close to $5 trillion again. They're going to fire up to level out the banks in the transatlantic financial system. It's all numbers. Clinton let that slip back in the 90s. He says, you know, that really doesn't mean that much. It's all numbers. You know, like China has 1.2 official tons of gold, metric tons of gold. Or thousand metric tons of gold. Unofficial, it's heard that they have three thousand plus. But then I've heard from some fairly reliable sources the United States is sitting on over ten thousand metric tons, and that's just what they're you know they're saying that. Where are they? So where, where, where is it? Oh, yeah, Fort Knox? That's what I hear. No. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if it's in Fort Knox, but that's some of the reports I've heard from people kind of on the inside who would really know and. Um, if that's true, which I believe it might be, this is what's interesting, is every time you think we're down for the count, somebody comes along with evidence that, oh, we have another rabbit here in the hat. You're dealing with some very smart people who are not bound to a country. That's right. And this magician, I, I, I really don't understand how they continue pulling rabbits out of their hat because with all the quantitative easing that took place. I expect that hyperinflation, it didn't happen. And now with uh, BRICS, and you haven't heard the name BRICS for, for a few months now, ever since, you know, uh, the problems with Russia are taking place because that's what they really wanted. They wanted to create this new currency and uh, substitute the, the petrodollar, which would be, folks, right. this would be our demise. So I, what I can see is what, and, and then, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, well, I'm just, I, I see a future. They call it a new world order. It's already here. But what I see is a regionalized yes. world. They're not, they're never going to have a one world government. And the reason for that is once you have a one world government, you don't need to fight. But if you have the Asian Union, you have the American Union and the European Union, that's it. You keep these three regions of the world, three or four regions of the world, you know, fighting with each other and you always make money. Right, as long as and now, but I think they'll get their one world order indirectly by controlling it from mm-hmm. top. But you control three and, groups and as I opposed to you control three groups as opposed That's to right. two hundred countries. Yep, they're the money changers. They really are. They're they're the money changers, and they're very very adroit. They're they're way they're outside of the countries. They they basically run them indirectly. 
And China seems to be, I've heard that, you know, like right now, you would think, how could treasury bonds, the U.S. treasury bonds, which everyone has been flushing, have any value? And yet at very high levels, China has been buying them. And I also hear it's one of the safer places to put your money. That's right. And gold is being suppressed. That's another uh, chokehold that is, it's, Russia's huge. I mean, in terms of gold, they, they have, I forget the name of the mine. What is it? It's called the, uh, uh, what is it? It's the Pavlov's uh, gold mine. That thing was worth like $6 billion. They brought them to their knees with the price of gold. They keep suppressing it. Now, they'll let it come up a little bit, but in general, they're pulling it down to the ground. And they're holding it. They're standing on the lid of that because they don't want a value tied to gold from what I can see. They want it tied to a reference point like the USD or some floating point of reference that is just a number. It's electronic money. Absolutely. And they're, uh, as, as of November of 2013, they were the second largest gold reserve in the world with 12,500 tons. But with what we've seen with uh, the... Is that what the number was, 12,500? 12,500 tons back in November 2013. And right now, with the price of uh, oil going down, what he's doing, and, and Putin is a very clever man, he's buying the the oil, or selling the oil, rather, in dollars because he has to, and then immediately buying gold with the dollars. So he doesn't keep the dollars that long. He immediately buys gold. They roll them over, yeah. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And China appears, you know, I was quite concerned last year that China might be um, be a direct conflict with us. But so far, it looks like they're bringing them in the fold. And Russia's the on ban out. Though Russia needs China because they're doing huge gas pipelines there. I think it's uh, the Atari pipeline. I forget all the names here, but it's a big deal for Russia. They need China. They can't just walk away from them. So it's, it's, it's very fascinating to see all this unfold. And again, where the astrology fits in is, I think, March this March through September, we're going to see some very serious things. Israel has always been affected by blood moons. There's a blood moon coming in. The final blood moon will be September uh, 28th, which is, of course, the Feast of Tabernacles. The, the Passover is in the spring, and the Feast of Tab- Tabernacles is at the end of the year. And this is a blood moon. We have uh, one April 4th of 2015, and we have the uh, other blood moon happening September 28th. These are huge eclipses. And historically, they have always affected what happens with the entire Middle East and in Israel. And we could see a lot more trouble over there, this whole Iranian thing. And, and that's an interesting thing, too. Iran seems to be, everyone was puzzled when Obama made overtures with Iran. Well, Iran may become a linchpin, too, in the oil game, uh, this whole thing with Iraq. You know, I'm not saying ISIS isn't real. They certainly are, and they're, they're hideous what they do. But that was allowed to happen. That was, it was instrumental in forcing the regime out of Iraq with Maliki and putting the new one they currently have in. And it's, it's also instrumental in bringing them where they want them to go, trying to get... Uh, 
the Arab community to get along it seems like um, well, uh, hurting cats. Well, I, th- I, think, just, I think ISIS is real, but who's behind ISIS, I honestly think, is Mossad, <laughs> well, that, Mossad CIA, facilitated to have- and MI6. And if they hate Israel so much, and it, it's their, their nemesis, and they're closer to Israel than they're to the United States, why haven't they made any move yes, to, towards are. Israel? You bet. That's that's fairly transparent when one starts looking into that quite closely. In fact, Fox News goes out of their way to patch all that up with John McCain and everything oh, of else. Of course. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, um, it's fairly transparent when one starts looking into it. Nobody would acquire that kind of gear uh, that easy and those kinds of resources if it wasn't allowed to happen. And just like Hitler, you know, I mean. So there's there's strong evidence where Hitler got his money from, and uh, then take him out. That's right, and then they did that with Libya. I mean, Libya was a really a model yeah. country, and the moment that Gaddafi opened his mouth saying, "I want to create a gold dinar, so we can transact in in gold dinar," that's when he was taken out. That's right. Well, it happened to JFK too. That's the right. He wanted to start printing. Uh, <laughs> you know, U.S.-backed uh, treasury bonds or, or treasury notes uh, directly surpassing the Federal Reserve note. That's right. That's right. He he a, printed, uh, what was it? Was it 10 and $20? Let's see. Uh, was it uh, 8 or 80? I think it was $8 billion just to start. And boom, less than a, a few days later, he was gone. How about that? Yeah, it kind of happened to Lincoln, too. Oh, yeah. He was doing the same darn thing. That's exactly what got him out of the equation, or probably one of the, the main contributing factors. That's right. And with the the new yeah. U.S. Congress, do you see more, astrological-wise, do you see more gridlock, or are you going to see some change? Because right now, you saw the, the passing of the budget. The passing of the budget shows a lot of things that were promised by the Republicans that they would not allow, and they allowed it anyway. I think they're going to follow, you know, when you've got someone at the top of the pyramid operating the the flow valve, they're they're going to do what the owners want them to do. And, and, um, you know, a lot of the, I I don't know that I can see exactly, and, and I don't know if I fully understand your question, but I think they're going to keep the United States militarily strong. They need it militarily strong. You, you look at the infusion that was just put in in this year's budget. It's staggering. I mean, it's staggering. You know, you, you take China and Russia together, we're probably three times or more uh, the size of them. And it's it's staggering what they spend on military. I, I had one gentleman in the black ops told me, he says, you have no idea what they can do when they want to mobilize anywhere on this planet. He said, it's breathtaking, the amount of equipment they can mobilize and bring in. It's, um, it's more than a Hollywood movie, he said. It's, it's pretty astounding. And you know, th- that takes money. That takes money and resources and machinery and high-tech stuff. And, and boy, they got it, I'll tell you that. And, and that's why I say I think it's being used as a police dog, and it has been for the world for a long, long time. And, and the systems, Reagan and... and Daddy Bush put in and, and and Kissinger are still still at the control level. Yeah. And if I, I really believe that if, if they alter it, it's gonna still be an extension of that under a different guise. Where do you see 
well, they say that the Vatican is the spiritual source of the world, London is the financial source, and Washington, D.C. is the attack dog militarily for the world. Well, where do you see the United States yep. economy going in 2015, astrologically? Uh, I think it's going to stay kind of sideways, troubled, sideways. Um, it doesn't look like things really start turning until about 217. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it picks up, but I, I, I don't see it. You know, um, they're absorbing all these homes. Now the banks have started liquidating a lot of the stuff on the books at pretty unbelievable prices. They're certainly not recouping what they lost in that crash back in 2008, 2009. Um, the, the, the interesting thing, you just brought up something about the Vatican and the Pope's involvement in this whole Cuba thing. You know, it's it's long been speculated that the Vatican itself, not so much the religion, but the Vatican plays a very stealth political role in world affairs. And I, the astrology, I actually cast a chart right when all that happened. And there's strong evidence that that's the case. Now, I'm not saying that they don't want to see peace and, and all that, but the fact that that was done in concert with Obama's actions was a very interesting. Well, I find it interesting, multiple things. Number one, the release of the, the captive uh, Alan Gross, the American contractor, uh, or terrorist, as, as the Cubans call them, that he was released on the first day of Hanukkah. First of all, uh, you know, Obama allegedly has been trying to open relationships with Cuba, but that's when Gross was uh, you know, taken in Cuba in 2009, so it it it, it froze the, the situation once again. But I have people inside of uh, the airline industry and other industries who, who feed me information. And I remember about two, three years ago, I uh, got some news that Cuba went to the big three automakers in the United States, Chevrolet, Ford, and Chrysler. And they were looking to buy 26,000 vehicles to, to replenish their, their fleet that, that was too old. And each of the three companies said, I'm sorry, but we cannot sell you a single car because of the embargo. Now, we have Detroit in shambles. Imagine what 26,000 cars can do for one country. Then you have the oh, yeah. farmers in Dude. the Midwest who are itching to sell their product, but there's not that much demand elsewhere. The places where we, we could sell, we cannot. Cuba is an example. They would love to be buying our, our products, but they have to go to Europe. They have to go to South America, to Mexico. They would love to buy our stuff. Now, tell me, does that make sense to you? Well, I'll tell you what makes sense to me is Russia and Cuba was always an ally. And I think what really was happening here is they're putting Russia in a box. Exactly. They're lashing right. down Putin and Russia. And what they're up to right now is kicking the doors open with Cuba puts a very strategic position for the United States to keep Russia out. You don't, we don't want another and Russian Russia army base. We don't want a military base nope. there in, in, in Cuba, 90 miles away from us. Nope. And Cuba's always been a real secret place where a lot of stuff has gone on. A lot of stuff is going on. That, that, that's an interesting little place. Yeah, Guantanamo. That's always been... Well, not only that, but I, it's it's been a place that money has been channeled through on, on some pretty large things for a long, long time. And um, 
Uh, that's that's an interesting little strategic. Well, of course, uh, ask uh, ask Buxy Siegel during the fifties and in the fifties with all the forties and fifties with the casinos. I mean, the Cuba was a place for money laundering, and uh, that's when Batista came around. So, astrologically, do you see this opening of Cuba transpiring, or is our Congress going to put the stops? It's likely to transpire. I, I, that's what I see. I, it's likely to transpire. It's probably going to take a lot of time, but I think it's going to it's going to go forward. That that's what I see, and I don't know that I can 100% see the accuracy. I haven't looked at that. You know what? Since you're asking, let me look at it right. Well, you'll well, while you look um, at it. I mean, we're dealing. We we gave Vietnam most favorite nation business wise. We lost 56,000 Americans there, and all these. Let me just call, call them what they are. Hypocrites who are against this opening the embargo are probably wearing some clothes within them that says made in China in another communist country. So why is it that we can? And of course, folks, I don't mean to be talking too much about Cuba, but I do have, you know, a lot of connections there from my past. And I'm interested in, in seeing an engagement between the people and and hoping that the old guard gets out of the way so uh, the red tape and the old political vitriol is eliminated so we can actually start a new chapter. This could help, you know, the economy of the United States and and we could see the, you know, another way of life through the eyes of other people. It, it, it indicates it's likely, yeah, it indicates it's likely. It leans much towards, more towards it happening with some restraints than not. That's what it shows. Yep. Voice. Poor Cuba has so been so suppressed. It really shows up. It's suppressed. Wow. Um, and it has been for 50 years, 50 plus years. Uh, yeah, it, it leans towards yes. Uh, looks pretty good. That's what the chart indicates. See how right there I just used interrogation astrology. See, the government's the 10th house. Cuba's seventh from the 10th, which is the fourth. And that, that's how you do that. And yeah, it, it leans towards a yes. Yeah, they're becoming very aggressive here. The um, uh, I'll call them the owners. It's they're they're cracking the whip. Uh, that's what we're going to see. Is a lot of changes here over this next couple of years. Um, you know, a lot of people say the United States doesn't have uh, much manufacturing. Well, not like it did, but there's still a lot going on here. It's just going on in a different way. Automated manufacturing, high tech is, is certainly still there, and I think it's going to grow. Now look at what's happening in Iraq. We bombed them to smithereens, and then we went with Halliburton and some of the others, and we started fixing the country. Disaster capitalism. Here we have a country that has been, you know, frozen in time for 50 years. You didn't even have to drop oh, a yeah, bomb yeah. there, but now that they're saying we're going to be opening bank transactions, tourists are going to be able to use their debit and credit cards. There may be loans given to them. This is a lot of money to be made for the United States to rebuild a country that's been pretty much destroyed. It sure has been frozen in time, no doubt. Now, what about technology? No. Technology for 2015. I know you have some patents and technology, so you're pretty in touch with what's coming. Do you see any technological innovations coming for 2015? Well, I think they're just going to keep accelerating at an exponential rate here. Um, I really do. I, I see that high-tech particularly when you look in, in computer technology and, and the power of computing now and, and 
fabrication, it's it's going to increase. I, I think we're heading into an age of exploded technology in the next five to seven years. I really do. By 2020, that's the marker point where it's happening, but it's happening now. And when you look around, it is. I mean, any any sector. BMW is working on a car right now where you can summons it with your wristwatch. It'll start up, pull up to you in park. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, I mean, this. yeah. I mean, and, you know, you, you look at what's going on in the medical fields, growing limbs and, you know, experimental things in labs and compounds being made now out of turmeric that eradicate melanoma and, and advanced, you know, uh, cancers. It's it's coming. It, it's coming. I, I think you know this doomsday stuff that we've been hearing for so so long. Oh, the world's going to end. The access to. Uh, I never bought it. I, I never bought the 2012 into the world thing. I, I never did. And everybody was making videos and movies, and you know we we're all going to fly off. I, I'm not seeing that. I I think we're going to keep on an accelerated pace. The money handlers, if you want to call them that, are going to bolt this together in a new way. They're probably going to get more and more control. You know, in a way, if a person's honest and they're not breaking the law, the technology really doesn't harm you. And, you know, I know that whole thing with Snowden and everything, a lot of people were angry about that, but the KGB has not exactly uh, got clean hands either. You know, I mean, Russia has been well known for watching, spying. I mean, everybody's spying. You know, I, I don't know that that's ever going to stop, ever. And the more we get faster pipes into our homes, these devices we have, I mean, if you're paranoid, <laughs> they can hear and watch you in every every way. Your TV is a two-way transmitter. But then again, if you get nothing to hide, what's the difference? You see what I'm saying? Not only is a, two, know, not only is a two-way transmitter, but they can actually see you. See yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's a two-way yeah. transmitter, audibly and visually. That's true. You bet. Oh, yeah, you got a pipe in there that's astoundingly fast. Your cell phone, too. So, you know, again, you know, if you're not up to anything and they can keep it in check, it's not, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I don't think it's going to stop. And microchips and all that, that's another thing. That stuff's not going to stop. What? It's just... Why do we need... And we'll take a break in a, in a, in a minute... Why do we need a microchip if we have fingerprints, Jeff? Well, I, I couldn't agree more. There's those who would argue with me, but I, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't want them in me, I'll tell you that. No. I, I know my dog's got one. They put it in the, the vet, put one in my dog. They can read That's it. right. My passport's got one. Credit cards have one, too. Yeah, they do. I saw, Certain ones I saw the other day a, a news reporter who had this technology he has it inside of an iPad, and he walks around and tells somebody, hey, can you tell me what the time is? And he essentially touches, let's say a woman, touches the purse, and the machine inside has already collected all the credit card information that the lady has inside of her purse. And they put the lady aside and say, hey, we're so-and-so from Nine Witness News, blah, blah, blah. Can you tell us if uh, your credit card is such and such and such a number? And she could not believe it. So the technology is out there. All these credit cards, just go to the back and you'll see that it has a little chip that transmits. You don't even have to be touching it. If you're close to it, it can read your information from a distance. Yeah. I don't know. Passports are the same way. 
That's right. Yep, they're the same way. Where, where this stuff gets nasty is when it's used to influence moods, right. uh, habits, um, and some of the other stuff that they can do with it, which that stuff has clearly been experimented with in military and uh, various other um, agencies to influence behavior. Um, this was a big deal back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. They, they were playing around a lot with subliminals, um, frequencies. This stuff hasn't gone away. And as long as this stuff is not abused, which anybody in power can, um, I guess then it's not harmful. But I know that, again, is some of the arsenal in weaponry. And um, Putin doesn't act like it's having much effect on him. But the ruble sure Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Question about that. <laughs> Who is it, Rockefeller, it says, I don't care who makes the laws, just give me control of the money. And, you know, when everybody's, when, when the faucet's off and the river's dry, that's when everybody starts listening. Yeah. Or, or they, they become much more agreeable. They control the people, and that's why I'm saying that with what's happening with the ruble, now he may be able to, to we may be able to exercise more pressure because we have uh, really hit his Achilles heel. One last comment before we take a break. I remember in the mid-90s when I was finishing my master's, I remember a marketing professor told me that in the future, you know, digital TVs would come out, which back then was unheard of. But he says, in the future, right. in the future, you'll be able to say you're watching Take Friends, the TV series, and you'll like what uh, one of the guys or one of the girls is wearing. You can stop the TV touch their, their clothes or an ornament or something on their table, and boom, the the TV would take you to the website belonging to that company where you can buy the product right there. I'm surprised this technology hasn't hasn't uh, come out yet, Jeff. Well, in a way, it, it's, I mean, look at Amazon. You just Google it, search it, and you're true, there. True, true. No, I mean, it, you know, it's not like the touchscreen you just mentioned, but in a sense, it is. I mean... You know, I've noticed the the retail world has been shrinking. You know, a lot of people like to go to the malls, yeah. but the future really is cyber malls. Oh, we broke records online this year with uh, Christmas shopping. Online online purchases really, really went up. And honestly, I wonder if brick and mortar stores will be a thing of the past in the near future. They could be. I mean, it certainly leans that way. It's going to be shipping and receiving in UPS trucks. Right. And even Amazon right now, you know, they're mean, delivering on Sundays. Colossal. Yeah. Well, look, same thing with the, uh, the, the United States Postal Service. Uh, they're, they're delivering seven days a week. That's right. That's right. And even today. The world is changing. Even today, I saw Amazon trying uh, one-hour delivery. And they're testing this in New York. Plus, they have their drones where, you know, all of a sudden you're going to see a little box, a little drone dropping a box in your, uh, you know, front porch. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, we have to take a one uh, and only break here to separate both segments. But when we come back, we have so much more to discuss with Jeff Harmon. Jeff, how can people get in touch with you for consultations, readings? The best way is Jeff at JeffHarman.com. That's A-N, not O-N, J-E-F-F-H-A-R-M-A-N. Jeff at Jeff Harmon. That's the best way. Excellent, folks. Don't go anywhere. A new year ahead of us. We're discussing 
via astrology. We're discussing via projections, what I also see from my side as well. So we're contributing for a better year. And I hope you can take notes. This is Mel Fabregas. This is Veritas. And I'm here with Jeff Harmon. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first segment of this very important Veritas interview. If you enjoyed it and wish to listen to the rest, go to VeritasRadio.com, click on Members, or subscribe. Or tell someone else who will enjoy this and all our radio programs. If you are listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store, where you can purchase pure organic sulfur, detoxified iodine, supplements, a USB drive with all our shows, gift certificates, rebounders, and much more. Now, we'll take a short intermission, listen to some music, and I'll see you in the Veritas member section. Enjoy.
Jim.